Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be doing my Week 13 Player Spotlight, and it will be on Isaiah Thomas, the lead bad boy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so it is week 13, so that means it's time for the player spotlight. And this week I am doing it on, uh, let me just talk about the inspiration for it first. Uh, last week, and I mentioned it in my thir- week 13 review, that Coach Chauncey Billups of the Portland Trailblazers uh, had high praise for Kyrie Irving saying he's the best skill point guard he's ever seen, um, which led me to kind of be taken aback. And <laughs> for Chauncey to say that, that's first of all, he played the point guard position in the NBA, so which means he has to have some history of the league um, in his mind. And <laughs> for him to say that and overlook a guy who he actually played in his city, well, his basketball city, for him to overlook and kind of diminish in a way, not not directly, but um, and him heaping high praise to me kind of throws shade on this guy. So, So today I would like to introduce Coach Chauncey Billups to a man named Isaiah Thomas, who I'm sure he's quite familiar with. He actually played point guard and led a Detroit Piston team to the championship. But there was another guy who did it before he did, and his name is Isaiah Thomas. So we're going to talk about him. Uh, Point guard, of course. He's listed as 6'1". I tend to say maybe six feet, perhaps under that. Um, depending on if he was wearing high tops or not, but, um, 180 pounds. So Isaiah Thomas born in Chicago, Illinois on April 30th, 1961, uh, his actual birth name, Isaiah Lord Thomas, the third. So, uh, he comes from a family of nine, uh, seven boys, two girls, Uh, He grew up in the rough side of town in Chicago, the west side, and one of the poorest parts of town as well. Uh, Actually, his mother, Mary Thomas, in fact, she had a movie based on her, on her, um, her raising those nine kids in that uh, area there. Um, And in that movie, actually, one of the scenes included um, some of the neighborhood thugs coming looking for Isaiah to, you know, recruit him into the gang and so forth. But Mary pulls out a sawed-off shotgun and says, there's only one gang here, and I lead that gang. Now get off my porch or I'll blow your head off. So, uh, Mary Thomas, not to be messed with, that's for sure. So, um... Yeah, um, 
yeah, so, you know, that's the type of mother he had, you know, take charge sort of mother. I can definitely uh, uh, empathize with that, that's for sure. So, um, so his mother was tough as nails. Father was an army vet. Um, he, he was kind of the thinking man sort of man. He was very much into books and you know knowledge and wisdom and so forth so um so that was kind of in isaiah's blood as well so isaiah started playing basketball at the age of three um at the tender age of three and this is right around the time um mary thomas and raising her kids had to go on of course welfare so which which means in those cases, the father had to be out of the picture so she can, you know, get the benefits and so forth, which happened a lot with a lot of families. Uh, again, I can empathize with that. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, so this is around the time the father had to kind of leave the scene so she can get those benefits. So anyhow, so Isaiah played end up playing you know in uh for catholic schools and he played his high school ball at saint joseph's in westchester um this was about a 90 minute ride from where he lived so and while playing there he did lead them to the state finals as a junior um so with that Isaiah being one of the top prospects in the country and after winning a gold medal in the Pan Am Games, he ends up going to the University of Indiana playing for Bobby Knight, who also coached him in those same Pan Am Games in Puerto Rico. So, and a funny story, uh, Bobby Knight came to the, uh, Isaiah's house. So, you know, Mary Thomas was there. His older brother was there. And, uh, and, and his older brother and Bobby Knight nearly get into uh, kind of a uh, fist fight there. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> because I think he was asked, you know, will you protect Isaiah from the clan because he was going to Indiana for crying out loud, Bloomington, Indiana. And from their research, uh, they felt that, uh, well, it was known that the Ku Klux Klan ran heavy there. So, so what happened was they asked the question in that regard and Bobby Knight gave kind of a flippant answer that the brother didn't like. So, they had some words, and then they was going to go at it. So, um, But in all that, Mary Thomas saw a man that she can entrust with her son. So the announcement was made, a whole big press conference, and actually it was Mary Thomas who made the announcement that Isaiah is going to Indiana to play for Bobby Knight. So um, a lot of people thought... At that time, the that the you know Bobby Knight had a reputation of being you know uh, disciplinarian man who ruled with an iron fist, and that the combination of him and the streetwise Isaiah 
would clash and wouldn't work. Um, but actually, it, it worked, and boy, did it work. So, in uh, Isaiah's freshman year, he finished with 14.6 points per game, uh, five and a half rebounds, and he actually shot at 51% from the field. So, and he, his first year, he made first team All American. Uh, he was then selected to the Olympic team in 1980, but uh, the U.S. boycotted that Olympic. In fact, uh, it was held in Moscow, and the U.S. boycotted the fact that um, uh, Russia was occupying Afghanistan. So, um, so the U.S. bowed out of that one. So Isaiah didn't get a chance to represent his country country then so so in into his sophomore year he ends up averaging 16 points per game and almost six six uh assists per game uh and he shot at 54.55.4 from the field as well so and and then that season he led he led that indiana squad to the finals to face the uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels at the time coached by Dean Smith. Uh, they had guys like Al Wood on the squad. They had uh, James Worthy, Sam Perkins. So they had a pretty formidable team. And um, I believe Jimmy Black was on that team as well as the point guard. Anyhow, so, um, and actually, Dean Smith was kind of the sentimental favorite because he had yet to win a NCAA championship. But Bobby Knight and Isaiah Thomas and his boys got it done. Oh, by the way, on that squad was uh, someone by the name of Mike Woodson, who we all know um, if you're an NBA fan. Uh Mike Woodson was teammate of Isaiah. So in any event, they end up winning the championship over the North Carolina. And in that tournament, he Isaiah Thomas was named the most outstanding player back in 1981. So after two years, Isaiah riding high, he achieved the ultimate winning a NCAA championship. So what's left for him to do in this next two years? How about uh, declaring hardship and entering the NBA draft? Uh, decision that um, didn't take too long for him to make. Um, you know, his family, his family was still in dire straits back in Chicago, so um, he know he needed to do something to help his family back home. So. So he enters the NBA draft uh, for 1981 after two seasons. And the thing was, when he went to, to Indiana, he had made a promise to his mother that he would um, get his degree, which he did six years later, by the way. So um, that he got in criminal justice and he graduated on Mother's Day. In fact... Uh, um, his actually his mother actually uh, 
received his diploma for him because he was playing in the NBA um, playoffs at the time. So, in any event, so he enters the NBA. He is the second pick taken in the in the 1981 draft. Uh, the number one pick that year, Mark Aguirre coming out of DePaul, was the number one pick going to the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, one day I'll do a spotlight on Mark Aguirre, I would imagine, who's quite a phenomenal college ball player and a pretty good NBA player as well. So anyway, let us move on. Uh so Isaiah was picked second by the Detroit Pistons. And the Pistons, the season prior to Isaiah's arrival, uh, that team had a 21-61 and 61 record. Uh, they were second to last. So uh, obviously um, the Dallas was going to get that pick first and then Detroit, the way things were back in the day there. So anyhow, so... Enters Isaiah into the NBA with the Detroit Pistons in 1981-82. Also that year in that same draft, they also drafted Kelly Trapuca coming out of Notre Dame. He was drafted 12th. So the arrival of those two young players, as well as a trade that they made for Bill Lane Beer, propelled the team um, and they actually improved uh, their win total by 18 games. They end up 39 and 43. Um, and in his rookie season, he actually started in the 1982 All-Star game as a rookie. So it kind of tells you the impact he made right away in the NBA. Um, Isaiah, with his competitive drive, uh, that was more than obvious during his rookie campaign. So much so that uh, Bill Lane Beer uh, gave him the nickname of Zeke. And Zeke was basically when uh, Isaiah goes into another mode. Uh, what what he called, what Lane Beer called his alter ego. He called it Zeke. So, uh, so Isaiah with a outstanding first season as a rookie although he didn't win rookie of the year that year by the way that went to actually not mark aguire um it went to actually buck williams of the new jersey nets go go figure uh anyway so enter his sophomore year his second year in the nba he established himself as a leader and a floor general running the offense for Detroit. He averaged almost 23 points per game, 7.8 assists, two and a half steals, as the team finished 37 and 44. So the team was getting some traction, but still not, you know, winning just yet. So things really begin to change for Isaiah in his third season in the NBA. Uh, what happened in his third season? They hire Chuck Daly. So Chuck Daly comes in as the coach for the Detroit Pistons. That that um, 
in that season, which is 1983-84. And in that year there, um, he instructed Isaiah to become more conscious of getting his teammates involved. Uh, so much so, he ended up finishing second in the league in assists with a little over 11 per game, which was second to dun, 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 Magic Johnson, who averaged 13.1 that year. And and also scoring 23, 21.3 points per game. And of course, he made another all-star team of which he was named the all-star MVP. So, um, so Isaiah's career taking off so far. Um, he actually got his first taste of the playoffs. Also in that year, too, his, um, his team actually uh, participated in one of the highest-scoring games in NBA history. Uh, it was a triple overtime game between the Denver Nuggets, one in which uh, they won 186-184. to 184. Wow. Um, And Isaiah actually led them in that game with 47 points, 17 assists, 5 rebounds, and 4 steals. So... So Isaiah, part of NBA history right there with that game. So um, he got his first taste of the playoffs that very same season, um, and which ended with a grueling five-game series against the New York Knicks and a guy by the name of Bernard King leading the Knicks. Uh, so the Pistons ended up, Ended up losing to the Knicks. Um, and in that fifth game, uh, he scored 16 points in 49 seconds uh, to force the game into overtime. And in overtime, they ended up winning. Um, and a couple of those games was played in Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit. And that place had no air condition whatsoever, so it was hot as blazes. The reason they couldn't use the their actual arena because I believe the Detroit Red Wings were in the playoffs at the time as well. So, so there's that bit of history there. Um, the following season, which is 1984-85, he would then set the assist record at the time with 30 with not 30 13.9 assists per game so close to 14 assists which uh, became the record along with averaging uh, 2.3 steals per game and a 21.2 scoring average um, and then that year he made another all-star team and that was the year that a young man came in the league by the name of Michael Jordan. And he played in his first All-Star game that season. And what is termed as the freeze-out game. So, here it is. It was, it, it was rumored at the time that 
uh, Isaiah and several East All-Stars uh, colluded on freezing out the first time All-Star uh, all Michael Jordan. Um, and to which Isaiah called those rumors ludicrous. Um, and, and think about it. I mean, using logic. Um, Isaiah, only about four years into the league himself, he's going to be able, a younger guy, going to be able to convince the older older guys like like a Larry Bird, like a Julius Irvin, Moses Malone. He's going to be able to convince those guys to freeze out Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, on the surface, it does sound ludicrous when you break it down that way. And even Jordan to this day, uh, he kind of, um, he dismissed those rumors. Um, you know, he understood he was a first-time guy playing in the All-Star game, so he had to kind of pay his dues, so to speak. So so there's that bit of business. Um, so in that season, Isaiah and his Detroit Pistons Losing the semifinals to their rival at the time, the Boston Celtics, with of course Larry Bird, with Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, uh, also Dennis Johnson, and those boys there. So, so moving on to 1990, 1985-86, uh, the. Detroit Pistons, they go out and actually draft the perfect backcourt mate for Isaiah and a guy named Joe Dumars. Um, and in drafting uh, a Joe Dumars, he could kind of take the pressure off of Isaiah as far as running, running the offense and so forth. He was a shooting guard, but he had point guard abilities. So, um, so he was able to alleviate some of the burden that Isaiah had and being the primary ball handler handler on the team. So so in that season, Isaiah scored just about 21 points per game and averaged about uh just about 11 assists, a little short of 11 assists. So um in that year. 1986, 87 Isaiah and his team made some major strides, uh, finishing third in the East with a 52 and 30 record. Uh, and also Isaiah himself averaging 20.6 points per game and 10, 10 assists per game. And that season is also where he suffered probably the most crushing defeat um, that he's faced in the NBA to their rival, of course, the Boston Celtics in seven games. And this physically and verbally grueling series, Detroit was ahead 107 to 106 with five seconds left in game five. So all they had to do was get the inbound pass in. Uh, Probably somebody would get fouled. You knock down those free throws, and that's that. So Isaiah in, in, uh, threw an inbound pass that Larry Bird intercepts, 
and he immediately threw it to Dennis Johnson, who laid it in for the go-ahead basket. Of course, we all can, if, you know, if you're watching the games at the time, can vi visualize hearing Johnny Most going crazy over that, kind of the way he did when John Hevelcheck did the same thing uh, back in the day. Uh, Hevelcheck's a guy I'll probably end up talking about one day too, but... Uh, Anyhow, so so the Boston goes ahead and they win that game. And then, of course, it goes to seven games. It goes to seven games in which um, Boston ends up winning a close one. And then after the game, uh, you know, uh, they were interviewed in the locker room. And the guy they had it... Um, Rookie Dennis Rodman, um, somebody, uh, you know, stuck a mic in his face and he made this here statement saying that uh, Larry Bird is overrated and that if he were black, he'd be just another good player. Um, uh, of course, his locker was right next to Isaiah, so they went, went and asked Isaiah about what Dennis Rodman said. And and even Isaiah admits this. He agreed to the statement and he actually reiterated the same statement. Um, but he would later say he was joking and only supporting his teammate. In fact, he had to have a press conference where he sat there next to Larry Bird and had to explain himself for that comment. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the media there. Uh, anyway, so so not only he had to deal with the him passing that ball in game five and probably costing them the series right there, he also had to endure that on top of it. So, um, I mean, the combination of the two would probably crush anybody else, but Isaiah had you know, at the time had the mental fortitude to overcome that, in which he did. So in 1987-88, he takes yet another step forward. Uh, and and he probably to this day, he's on with um, the strongest team he's had since he's been there. And himself, Bill Lane Beer, they had just acquired... Adrian Dantley from Utah had to give up Kelly Trapuca to get him. Uh, Joe Dumas, Rick Mahorn, he was there. Dennis Rodman, uh, John Sally, and also Vinny Johnson. So uh, this is yet their strongest team. So, uh, so Detroit ends up exercising their demons that season by finally defeating Boston in six games with Isaiah raising his game um, really to the max with a 23-point-per-game average, 8.3 assists per game. He shot at 52%. Um, no, he grabbed uh, 5.2 rebounds. And he had 2.6 steals per game in that series. So, 
uh, Isaiah raising his game to get his team over the hump. That's mental. That's mental toughness, guys. That's having the fortitude to overcome what should have crushed you and taken this team to the next level. So, so in that, they uh, beat their arch nemesis, Boston Celtics. Um, I'm going to double back to that later, but we'll just go on. Um, Because when they beat the Celtics, Celtics just walked off the floor. With the exception of Kevin McHale, who did say something to Isaiah in his ear. Um, uh, I think it's something to the extent of beat L.A. Because that's who they were facing next. Uh, This led to a showdown with the L.A. Lakers and his longtime friend Magic Johnson. You know, at the time, uh, Isaiah would go... (laughs) Oddly enough, he would go into the visitors' locker rooms like uh, L.A. when they, you know, when they were, you know, winning their championships. He would go into the locker room to get a kind of feel for what's going on there, and also he did that with Boston as well. So um, just to kind of get a lay of the land and the, you know, absorb what it means to be a champion. So he was able to do these things that he did with. Again, his longtime friend Isaiah. And actually, in this series, before each game, they would meet at uh, center court, of course, to do the jump ball. And they would give each other a uh, sort of peck kiss. kiss. So, um, probably the only time we've seen that in a series ever in the NBA. I don't think we've seen that ever since. So, um, anyhow... Leading the series three games to two. I mean, he had he had the, the at the time the champions, uh, the L.A. Lakers. He had them on the ropes, and what happens is Detroit loses game six, one hundred three to one hundred two, and Isaiah was playing with a sprained ankle at the time. And he ends up scoring 43 points, 25 of which came in the third quarter, which is uh, which was a finals record um, for points in a quarter. So, um, you know, Isaiah braving it out with the sprained ankle, basically playing on one leg to will his win, his team nearly to a win, but they couldn't get over the hump. And then eventually they succumbed to the Lakers in games. Game seven, uh, uh, losing a tightly contested seven game seven with Isaiah still hobbling on the sprained ankle, but yet playing for his team. But uh, James Worthy's 36 points and 16 rebounds was just too much to overcome. So. The Lakers end up winning that series and uh, and therefore yet another defeat for Isaiah and his Detroit Pistons. So, so the following year, uh, Isaiah finally reaches the summit and winning the NBA championship. That season, they sported a 63-19 record, which was first in the NBA and first overall. And Isaiah averages for the season, 
18.2 points per game, 8.3 assists, and 1.7 steals per game. Included within this season was a trade, a controversial trade, nonetheless, a trade deadline deal in which um, the Detroit Pistons dealt for a friend of Isaiah's, Mark Aguirre, was dealt um, in exchange for Adrian Dantley. He caught a lot of flack over that, um, over that deal. Uh, you know, being that he was able to bring in Mark Aguirre. Oh, by the way, they tried to they tried to arrange for themselves to be on the same team coming into the NBA. Uh, the, these are the words of Isaiah. He's told this to Shannon Sharp on his uh, podcast, uh, Club Shay Shay. He he said they tried to screw up the. Uh, team interviews that each of the prospects have, you know, with the teams c- coming in. So, uh, of course, that didn't work. So, they were both trying to get to Chicago, actually, who had uh, the number four pick and the number six pick in that draft in 81. So, but again, to no avail. They, but now they end up teammates here. And again, you know, under very controversial circumstances. So, anyhow, so the Detroit, in their route to winning that championship, they were able to take down their arch nemesis, Boston, first in a five-game series in which they beat them three games to none. Then they faced Milwaukee, Milwaukee team that had Jack Sigma, Sidney Moncrief, Junior Bridgman, and those guys. Uh, also, Terry Cummings, I believe, was on that squad uh, and beat them four games to none. And then uh, they faced Chicago, of which had Michael Jordan and uh, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, and those guys, and beat them four games to two. And then in the finals against the Lakers, swept them out in four games. Um Magic did suffer a hamstring in that series, as well as Byron Scott, which pretty much rendered them having no shots. So, anyhow, so um, so that is that for um, and Isaiah gets his uh gets the trophy. So then for nineteen ninety 1989-90, uh, he captured yet another title, despite them coming out the gate kind of sluggish, you know, uh, kind of the championship hangover, uh, a sluggish start to the season. But they righted themselves by uh, going on a 25-1 uh, to one run of games where they won 25 or 26 games. And that led them to having a 59 and 23 record. Uh, in that season, Isaiah uh, averaged 18.4 points per game, 9.4 assists per game, and 1.7 steals per game. So, so in route to that title, Detroit defeated Indi- the Indiana Pacers, who had a young. Um, 
a young Reggie Miller at the time, as well as the uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, they they had those boys. Uh, uh, Dale Davis, the Davis boys, was there as well. Um, yeah, so uh, ends up beating Indiana, and then the New York Knicks they beat them. Patrick Ewan and those boys there. Uh, a grueling seven-game series with uh, the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. And then in the finals, they beat Portland four games to one. Mind you, Portland won the first game. And then, no, no, no. Portland won the second game. So it was 1-1 going to uh, Portland. It actually, the format was 2-3-2 two, two around this time. And the Detroit, you know, the mentally strong team went to Portland and won three games in Portland to win the title. So, and in that series, actually, Isaiah ended up being the finals MVP. Uh, he averaged 27.6 points per game, seven assists, 5.2 rebounds. He shot at 54.2% from the field, and he shot it back then 11 from four. He shot it 16 times from three-point range. He made 11. So uh, Isaiah just putting on a show in that finals uh, against Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, and those guys. So. Um, so Isaiah able to repeat as champions. So moving on to his, um, moving on to 1990, 91, uh, his attempt at a three peat was halted, uh, by their, their nemesis at that time. The Chicago Bulls, who actually swept them in a season where Isaiah dealt with a variety of injuries, uh, um, including wrist injury, ankle injury, foot. Uh, he scores about 16.2 points per game, 9.3 assists, 1.6 steals. And... Of course, in this series, uh, he faced more controversy by walking off the court uh, with most of his teammates with eight seconds before the end of game four in which they were swept. There was no handshake. Uh, oh, by the way, um, with the Bulls up three games to none in that series, Michael Jordan holds this big press conference and saying how uh, the Detroit Pistons were bad for the NBA. They were undeserving champion and that, you know, they're doing basically the NBA a favor by vanquishing them out of the playoffs. So um, some harsh words from Michael Jordan and, you know, the media played up to it. They loved it, which is why they made such a big thing of Detroit walking off the court with, um, Something that actually in the 30 for 30 series, 
Bill Lane Beer actually said he was the ringleader behind them doing that. So uh, he took the blame upon him and pretty much everyone followed it with the exception of Dumars and Sally, who actually congratulated the Chicago Bulls um, as well. So, um, yeah, so I said I wanted to double back to the Bulls series with not the Bulls, the Detroit series with Boston when they finally beat Boston. How just about everybody walked off the court for Boston, with the exception of Kevin McHale, who did uh, say something to Isaiah. So here we have Boston doing pretty much the same thing as Detroit does. But yet, Detroit is seen as these uh, unsportsmanlike guys, these guys who, you know, uh, are sore losers and so forth. That's just the way business was done back then. Nobody was shaking hands and hugging and all that stuff um, after they, they were getting beat in the playoffs. That's the way it was back then. So, you know, it... You know, I attribute it to the media's love affair with Michael Jordan that they made a bigger deal out of this than what it needed to be. That's 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 why I'm saying. So anyhow, so let's move on from that. In nineteen ninety one, ninety two, which ends up being Chuck Daly's swan song with with the Detroit Pistons. This was his last season coaching them. They would get eliminated in the playoffs, actually in the first round, to the New York Knicks, who were a team on the rise at the time. Uh, and they lost that series three games to two. Isaiah for the season, 18.5 points per game, 7.2 assists per game, and a steal and a half. So, so... The 1992-93 season, he made one last All-Star appearance, but his team actually missed the playoffs under new coach Ron Rothstein. And Isaiah averaged for that season 17.6 points per game, 8.5 assists, 1.6 steals. And then in his final season, 1993-94, you can clearly see that he was... Uh, Isaiah was a player in the twilight of his career and again he dealt with a myriad of injuries uh, between his his knee, he had a rib injury, an arch, calf and a hand injury as well and then in his final game he ends up tearing his Achilles tendon um, thus ending his career as a basketball player so, um, so there's that. So, also, oops, I forgot to mention, uh, the, the Dream Team. <laughs> uh, back in 1992, um, well, basically 90, about, about 92, they named the team. And Isaiah, of course, did not make the Dream Team. There's, there's been, he was unceremoniously left off the team, uh, despite all the accolades I just named that he did, 
uh, one of the top players in the NBA at the time. Um, even guys in their twilight made that team. Guys like Bird, Ma- Magic retired at the time He um, with the um, saying that he had HIV. So um, Bird was a shell of himself. So, you know, a lot of those contemporaries made it but Isaiah. Uh, a lot of rumors saying that Jordan was responsible for keeping him off the dream team, as well as Scotty Pippen, who there's no love lost there, perhaps Bird and so forth. And it was rumored that, you know, uh, Magic was a, supposedly an advocate for him back then, so forth. So I'll actually have a part two to this um, as well. So, so Isaiah's career is done as a player. So I guess being that this is a player spotlight, uh, we should just end it there with his accolades as a player. Cause there's a lot. He does post bas- basketball. He does end up getting the degree that he promises mother. Also too, he ends up getting a master's as well. So that he got at Cal Berkeley. So I'm just going to name the accolades for him as a player um when he retired he retired as third at the time third in assists all time with 9061 uh, he was fifth all time in steals 1861 uh he still is the is Detroit's all-time career leader in minutes points assists and steals so till this day he leads in those categories isaiah's jersey he wore number 11 for detroit that got retired the same year that he was named to the 50th anniversary team and and that was in 1996 and of course he's named to the 75th anniversary team just this season he was inducted into the Indiana Sports Hall of Fame in 1993, the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame 1998, and eventually the Naismith Hall of Fame on his um, first year of eligibility in 2000. Isaiah for his career, 12-time All-Star, 2-time All-Star MVP, 5-time All-NBA, he, uh, he led the league in assists one season, two-time champion, one-time finals MVP, um, and that's, that's pretty much the accolades there. Guys, Isaiah Thomas, one of the great point guards to ever grace the NBA. And think about this, um, the first year that he won his title. He takes out Boston, Larry Bird. In uh, a two series later, he takes out Michael Jordan, and then in the finals, he takes out Magic. So he takes out Magic, uh, Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson in one fell swoop. I say, guys, we really, really, really throw shade on what this guy accomplished in his career. Um, 
Not many small guys uh, end up being leaders leading their teams to championships. Um, most recently, we've seen uh, Steph Curry do it. Um, but apart from that, we really don't see that happening, guys. So what Isaiah did is nothing short of extraordinary what he did in leading Detroit to back-to-back -to -back titles in a rough-and-tumble uh, Eastern Conference and NBA as a whole. So Isaiah Thomas, man, we salute you, man. And for again, for a guy like Chauncey Billups to kind of, you know, I understand he's given accolades to Kyrie Irving. I, I get it. I understand. But I think he should have said one of the most skilled, not the most skilled. I think you rob guys like uh, Isaiah, like uh, Steph Curry of their accolades when you make those kind of blanket statements like that so anyhow so that is all in terms of isaiah the player uh he goes on to do other things um including own the toronto raptors then he has a stint with the knicks uh we kind of want to sweep that under the rug but um and then he has the emotional sit down with magic johnson after magic johnson has a tell-all book in which he admits to be a part of the uh, contingent to keep the uh, Isaiah off the dream team. But they have a sit-down and kind of hash that out. Uh, but, you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas as the player, <laughs> many like him, and I don't think it would be many others uh, to come. Only guy I see with has his kind of the uh, seemed like the mental fortitude and strength. I think he could possibly have it when all is said and done is Ja Moran. Uh, I think he's a guy who's kind of, and then look at what he's doing with um, over there in Memphis, you know, uh, credit to the coaching staff over there, Tyler Jenkins, but uh, it is built around Ja Moran. I think he could be that sort of guy. When all is said and done, if, you know, if the trajectory he's going on now continues. So anyhow, so that's all for me. That's all. Um, this was a good one. That's for sure. Next month, I'll just give you a little sneak preview. I know we got a couple of weeks in this month here. Um, next month, I am going to have, we're going to probably do the first few pioneers of the nba we'll do that we'll do bill russell we'll do if i gotta do bill russell i gotta do walt will chamberlain and probably the fourth person i'll leave that as a surprise so all right guys so again thank you thank you for listening and uh i will talk to you later take care so my peeps if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at that sports dude GD at gmail.com. 
You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.